When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bourbon and a documentary about to come out. What's the document? I knew the bourbon. What's the documentary on? Basically you? about my life in the book. Yeah. About slapping Dolan or what? Slapping or Hook Barkley. No, I ain't going to slap him. Or, or I'm Barkley. Gonna just, I'm going to make him turn his pockets inside out. Showtime with Coop is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to a new edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And in the house, well, in the game today, we got <laughs> one of the best. You know, Nick, I have, uh, I, I, I always have ultimate respect for all NBA players, especially in the era when I, when, when I played in the 80s. You know, you had uh, what you call some badasses. You know, the first badasses was Lonnie Shelton yeah. in the 70s. You had Wes Unsell back then. You had uh, uh, Paul Silas was considered a badass. Yeah. And then you moved to the 80s. And you know what? Players today talk about, oh, he's a badass. Uh, Draymond <laughs> Green is this. But you know what? We got a motherfucker on the show today that is the original <laughs> Badass, and he got a book called The Last Enforcer, which we're going to get into. But this guy here, Charles Oakley, was one of the best. Let me read a couple of his highlights, okay? NBA All-Star, 1994. NBA All-Defensive First Team, 1994. I don't have my glasses on, so check me if I'm wrong. NBA All-Defense, 1998. In 86. Is that 90 or 90, right, Oak? Yeah. Charles Oakley, Okay. Uh, he's a Division II Player of the Year, Division II Rebounding Leader. On the show, Charles Oakley. Oak, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm just glad to be in your presence. Hey, I used to watch you lock up them guys, and these guys think they can play defense these days. They don't know. They well, think. Oak, uh, before we get too much into this, uh, I want to talk a little bit. Oak and I, are, and on the last show, we talked about the big three. Great yeah. league, Ice Cube's three-on-three league, great league. The one thing I enjoy about going to that, you got Dr. J, you got O, you got Rick Mahorn, you got Rick Barry, you got a lot of legendary players. And I, you know, the one thing any NBA player will tell you is they miss that camaraderie, you know, on the bus rides, uh, in the locker room, preparation. Well, you know what? In the big three, we got that. And uh, Oak is one of the, one of the best. He, actually, he got a very good team. They're not one of the best team, but they're a very good team, but they play hard. And right. I always talk about Oak, how he'd be cursing his players out, and he'd get after them. And uh, he got a player, Frank Nitty, and they go head to head, and Frank like, hey, Oak, is this Oak? I said, man, are you winning? Are you winning? And you know what? That's what Oak do. He brings that winning mentality. And I just found out, thanks to Oakley, is that we almost into the playoffs. Three companies out the league. So they're kicking the bottom teams out. So Y'all got eliminated by two points, though. The two yeah. points different. Yeah. So we should have held that team under 40. We let them get more than that. But anyway, my team was a hot mess this year. I loved them. And we had uh, Michael Beasley, Mario Chalmers, and we just couldn't get it done. But I'm telling you on the show right here, oh, go win that because you deserve it. You're a good coach. But, uh, hey, y'all came on, though. 
Y'all start out. See, in the big three, you can't start off with a losing streak. No. You know, because as you go on, you find yourself. And that's what y'all did. Your players start gelling. And in the last three games, y'all y'all been balling. So I'm sorry you didn't make it. But uh, it's some more work to be done for the big three. We got to go to Detroit this week. And then we go there to go to Washington. We're in Washington to go to London. So um, my guys, is, they trying to get it. Like you say, a lot of these guys never played at structured basketball before. And they, they have a problem doing structure. And I'm trying to teach them structure, structure and play hard at a consistency. And every possession is a key. You know, it's 25, the first half, 25, the second half. So the more possession you get, the better chance you get to win. You know, Oak, uh, let's go back a little bit. And I'm not going to go too far back. But two things that your parents told you that you hold true to yourself today. Two things, your mom or your, or your, or your grandmother. I grew up with my grandmother. Well, my grandfather would tell me hard work, respect people, and uh, know what you're doing at all times. And that's why I try to tell my guys, if I'm telling you something, I understand. I don't talk just to be talking. So uh, my grandfather, rest in peace. My mom's still here. Uh, she's 88. I'm in Cleveland having a good time with her for the next three days. Your grandfather, though, is that's did you get a lot of inspiration from your grandfather and, and the work ethic and how right. you tra you know transferred that over to a player and then also as an assistant coach in the NBA, right? With Charlotte, yes, for Charlotte, yes. How was that experience? Uh, you know, Mike's my guy, we've been tight since '85. I was right, his rook, uh, he took me to all star game, but we connect right away. Um, he was tough minded, I was tough minded. But not just being tough-minded, he came to practice, showed up, and showed he showed leadership in practice. And that's what I try to do. I always try leadership with my guys. But uh, playing with him was great for them three years. Then I went to, you know, New York, Toronto. But just being around him, demeanor, how he worked, stuff can rub off. But I had all of that. So it was a blessing for me to come in the league, understanding that everything going to be tough. And I know my life had been tough. So coming from a historic black college, you know, get drafted top 10, that was, like, amazing. But I didn't take that just like, oh, I'm here. I'm just going to – no. My work got harder. And I had that – then coming to the league in the 80s and 90s, you had to understand. You had no concept. You had to play. Uh, somebody might hit you in your head. So I ain't going to get hit in the head because I know I had to hit somebody in the back. So, <laughs> but, no, being with Mike and uh, coaching on his team in Charlotte, it was great. Uh, two years down there with him, you know, we still tight. Uh and to this day, you know, I go to his golf course in Grove. I take some guys down there. But uh, it's a great being around him. He's a, he's a different kind of guy. But you got to know him to be with him. And uh, I do know him. Football season is about to kick off. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. I wonder how many people are going to bet on the Patriots. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com Boston. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800 327 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts. 21 plus in President Select States. Bonus issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com.
Hey, oh, did you did you know? Did, well, did you did you feel as a young person that you would end up in the NBA? When when did the reality set in for you that you know what I got a chance to get in there? Well, you know, look, like I said, going to a Division two school, uh, it wasn't on my mind going to the NBA. But as I got better from my freshman year to my senior year, people started calling the school, inviting me to All Star games, to different events and stuff. And I still didn't know. I uh, went to the East-West All-Star Game in Kentucky when I was a senior. I played against the best top 20 guys. I still didn't know. But I didn't know until draft night. And they drafted me because they always said, well, you might go second round or fourth round. But I ended in the top 10. So when I got the top 10, I was like, well, I, I couldn't believe it. But you know what? I know I can work. No matter what situation is, put me out there, I'm going to work anybody. Were you a scorer in college? Uh, I'm about 24 and 17. <laughs> my last year you had a jump shot over. I, you know I had a mid-range but my thing is when I got to the league it wasn't about scoring it was tight I had Quinn Daly MJ Landon Wolbert David Greenwood Sidney Green my thing was just try to do something they, they wasn't doing so I was yeah. okay rebound play tough loose ball and stay focused so I had to change my game you know I was scoring college because I was the biggest guy and I was, you know, a better guy on the team. But I, some guys get caught up in that. When you go from college to the NBA, you're going, you're going with somebody already at. So you got to see what you can do to help the team. And then, okay, like Beasley on your team, he got drafted in Miami, number two pick in the draft. Never got a chance to expose his talent. He was talent. But, you know, some coaches, you got to go by their way or the highway. And that's Pat Riley. He's a control freak. So uh, Beasley won the best score I ever seen left-handed besides Walter Baird in the post. Showtime with Coop is powered by HelloFresh. Have you ever wanted the convenience of farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonable recipes delivered right to your front door? Well, that's exactly what HelloFresh offers. They make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. And that's why they are America's number one meal kit. One thing I really appreciate about HelloFresh is the seasonal variety. Now that spring is giving way to summer, the flavor is in full bloom with their chef-crafted recipes. You'll get ripe, seasonal ingredients delivered directly to your door, and these aren't just for dinners. They offer over 100 items and easy lunches and tasty snacks to desserts and pastries, pantry necessities. Everything arrives in one box pre-portioned on your choosing delivery day. HelloFresh is quick and easy, makes feeding the family a cinch and without a high price tag. Their new fast and fresh options are ready in just 15 minutes or less, and it's way quicker than waiting in the line at the grocery store. And the best part, even if you're not a pro in the kitchen, HelloFresh has got you covered with a foolproof set of recipes. They include pictures, step-by-step -step instructions, even someone who can't boil water can figure out how to cook these farm fresh meals. And it just takes a couple steps. So trust me, what's more, HelloFresh is less expensive than your regular grocery store shopping and a whopping 25% cheaper than takeout. And if you're hosting a get together, their market has crowd pleasing appetizer snacks and even more for your next gathering. Before we get back to Coop, I'd like to tell you about our special offer. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash Showtime16 and use the code Showtime16, you'll get 16 free meals and free shipping. Yes, you heard that right. 16, 16 free meals. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Showtime16 and use the promo code Showtime16. Who, who, oh, wait a minute, 
Wait, 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 Coop, you just mentioned okay. about Riley. I mean, come on, you both got were coached by Riley. Talk about Pat Riley for a minute, Oak. What what how is it? Well that's what I was gonna Pat? ask him, Nick, who's his favorite <laughs> coach? <laughs> what what did you think about Coach Riley? Oh I mean, you know, when I was in your they said we we're gonna get Pat Riley as a coach. So, you know, I my mean, thing, when you try to win a championship, you know, Pat Riley, he had a pedophile, pet won championship in L.A. So my thing is you had to take in what he was trying to tell you first two or three years. And, you know, he will control him. He understand the game a lot. I think that his weakness is coaching in New York, his adjustment after halftime. But I think that a uh, great guy, but he, he got his ways. He's real controlling. But uh, he worked with the team. But – you know, it's just you got to know him. But sometimes, guy was like, "Oh, he working too hard." My thing is to win, win a championship, get where you're trying to go. You have to work. So, I mean, he brought a different attitude to New York. He took us to the finals, but we lost to Houston in Game Seven, last two possessions of the game. But uh, I mean, you got to give him respect. But you still can say strength and weakness about anybody. That's how life is. That's how we judge as coaches. Look at us. We can judge coaches too. Well, I think the thing with him, you hit it on the head, is that his work ethic is good, but you got to know when to scale down. And that's what happened to us in 1989. We playing the Pistons, and we get to Detroit. We had one in 87, 88, back-to-back. -back. We were going for a three-peat. We had a full-scale practice the day before a game. And that's when Byron got hurt, and then the ball goes up in the air the next day. Magic pulls his ham. So those are some of uh, – I, and I agree, that was one of the wildest weeks because he tried to keep his foot on the gas pedal the whole time. Oh, yeah. I think when you get a veteran team, is that uh, that's something that you just have to like, okay, I know them, let me pull back. But again, what you great, his biggest strength is also, I mean, his biggest weakness is also his biggest strength, is that he's always prepared, he's always pushing forward uh, to always do your best. So I enjoyed Coach Riley, but yeah, he did add a lot of weaknesses. But one of them wasn't his dressing. He could dress, couldn't he, Oak? <laughs> oh, he can dress. He had that sideline. Hey, he hold that sideline down. I like his hair to the back, the nice suits. But uh, like I say, I think if he were just, but from playing with him and seeing what everybody else saying about him, I think the work he tried to make you more tired to get your rest so you can go out and you know have fun. That's why he did the way he practices and understand his style. But sometimes, like I say. It ain't always about just work, work, work. You got to know details, too. But uh, like I said, you know, he, he had a great career. He was a player and a coach. And probably won, what, six, seven rings all together. Miami, uh, when he played and um, and with the Lakers. So, hey, you got to give him his flowers, too, though. But, you know, you still can be talked about because you get flowers. Oh, <laughs> you you really think he wore you out so you couldn't go out? <laughs> no, no, I didn't have a problem with this. I mean, my thing is I'm always in shape. So my thing is. I never complain about work. Yeah. So that's not me. Other guys did. We shouldn't go. We might take a uh, six-hour flight to Seattle, then we get off the plane and practice two hours later. I was built for that. A lot of guys wasn't. So sometimes you can break other guys down that we need late on. So, it, I mean, that's what he did. So, hey, you signed a contract, you got to go with the play. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that. Uh, uh, oh, oh, who, who were some of your favorite coaches? Give me two of your favorite coaches. My favorite coach of all was Butch Carter. Why? Because he knew how to deal with the players. Great, great preparation. One of the best ex and old guys I've been around. Um, which, he which might not Carter? be the fly, you know, the Pat Riley, Jeff Van Gun, the name. But for the one year I was understanding with him in Toronto, uh -huh. he showed Vince how to play. He showed Tracy how to be a pro. And um, 
you know, some people overlooked that, but uh, Butch could really coach, but he messed his own stuff up. He tried to be greedy. He tried to be the president, coach, and all that, and it backfired on him. So, like I said, you can talk good about a person. You got to tell his weakness, too. But uh, Butch could really coach. Uh, I mean, Pat Riley, you got to get, like I said, you know, he came there with rings and went to Miami, got rings. Uh, Jeff was, you know, one of the coaches, you know, came under Pat Riley. So he has some of Pat Riley's style with his coaching. Paul Sider was just, you know, one of them guys that he's at. Was a player coach that some player coaches don't translate in the league. Um, Don Nelson was just one of them guys, you know, a black guy with a coaching job, you know, uh, just a real lightweight guy. Um, Rick Bettina was tough. He was good, you know. He wanted to run and shoot, uh, and um, you know, I think you know New York, you know, they wanted a little more half court stuff, but he was a run and shoot coach. But uh, you know. My thing with, with players and coaches, don't get involved with them. Do your job because coach going to get fired before players get traded. I don't get called up until it like he playing this guy, this guy. If you whooping this guy butt in practice, coach is going to know. Yep, I heard that. I heard that. Listen, it's showtime with Coop. Uh, we got today Charles Barkley in the house. Charles Barkley. Oh, boy. We got oh, Charles Barkley in the house. I'm getting ready. Hey, 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 you, you, made phone. you made everything go wrong. You said Charles Barkley. Man, that's a bad name to say. <laughs> oh, that's a bad name to say. I track. said his name because Wait a minute. Track. We get. There we Man. go. See, we get ready to go. Listen, we get ready to go into my lightning round. <laughs> I'm gonna give you five names, and you tell me as much or as little about these names. Guess Charles one Barkley. of the names. <laughs> Charles Barkley. Yeah, that's the first one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, undersized, great player. Um, you know, and, and I, he, he really, you know, he's 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 a superstar. My thing as a person. I think he talked too much, and he talked now. He didn't talk when we played back in the 80s and 90s. He talked now because he's free to talk. Because <laughs> back then, if he would have been talking, somebody would hit him in the head, like I did in the lockout. Uh, <laughs> I next hit him one. in the head. <laughs> next was Larry Bird. Larry Bird, he was just a smooth operator. I mean, every time you go to Boston Garden early, he in there shooting. Um, always working on his game. Um, never said too much, nothing to me, because they know you talk to me, you're going to pay a toll. So, Larry Bray was a good guy. <laughs> uh, next one, Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore, just want to shake your hand and smile. Uh, tall seven-footer. I mean, I played with him in, in Chicago. He was a good guy. Uh, he was just a dominant center inside. <clears throat> Magic Johnson. <clears throat> Magic Johnson, smooth operator, 6'9 point guard, no, never saw before. Uh, guy who won championship, uh, MVP as a rookie, won the championship, uh, and, and translate his whole life into a, a global market. So you got to give him his flowers. And last but not least, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. They say he's a GOAT. Uh, you know, I've played with him. I've been around him. He just got swag. And, uh, you know, what, what he did in practice impressed me, not just in games. I tell everybody. I see it in practice, so the game comes. A lot of people always tell everybody, when you practice a certain way in the game, it comes easy. And he was that type of guy. Oh, who's a, a player that you hated to play against? You hated to play uh, against? So my guy my, was uh, Andrew Tony. I hated to play I against I really hate to play against nobody because I always wanted to challenge because uh, I was always the underdog. So 
whoever they said power forward, I was like, bring them on. Because inside my heart, I know I'm toughening with my, I might be on paper. So sometimes the paper can fool you. But with me, I don't, I didn't matter who I checked every night. It was going to be a hard night. For them. For them, no doubt. You know, so if somebody average 30, they might get 18 or 20. You ain't going to get to 30 points. So my, I did my job. Hold them to 60% of scoring on their points, 70%. So it wasn't a point that I hated nobody. You know, me and Barkley had a run in. We can always have a run in. And Isaiah now, you know, crying ass. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get but, Isaiah. Uh, <laughs> I like the guys, man, because it was a challenge. I came from a Division two school, so I was an underdog. And like I said, it went, they sent no limo to send me to pick me up. They sent a bike. You know, back then, they sent limo to pick guys up. They sent a bike for me. I'm by myself. <laughs> All right, <I'm>, I... <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> Talk about Isaiah Thomas a little bit. What, what's going well, on, with Isaiah? You? I don't know what happened to Isaiah. I think somebody let him off at the wrong bus stop because he was a talented <laughs> guy. Probably, I mean, for us back then, what the guys, I, what, what, um. Uh, John Morant doing and what Kyrie doing, a few of them guys for with the ball, Curry, he had all of that. But seeing like ever since the dream team, something happened to him. I don't know what happened. Somebody, you know, I they know, banned they him from that. Jordan oh, that's why. Told him he couldn't play. Bird said he couldn't play. But my thing is, these still players. So when your own coach don't want you, uh, Chuck Daly, your best friend Magic don't want you. Then you blame Michael Jordan, you blame all the other guys. Now him and Carl Malone doing a sit-down interview crying together. Carl Malone, you, you should never sit, do a sit-down interview, man, because what you have done in your life to other people. So Isaiah, I don't know what's going on. He's trying to reinvent himself at 75 or 65, how old he is, but he need to shut up because Michael Jordan would never speak to you again. He would never speak to Barkley again. So y'all need to go have dinner and let Dennis Robin be y'all chef. Isaiah and Barkley, and let Dennis Robin be y'all chef, and you know how that food gonna taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking about food, I hear you're a great chef, man. We yes, talked about yes, that. Yes, I yeah, am. Chop it up, I baby. I love myself in the kitchen. I mean, I'm really good in the kitchen. <laughs> What's your favorite dish? I tell everybody, I'm the favorite because I'm making the dish. So whatever, <laughs> my thing is, I do a lot of oak experiments. So I go around, get auctioned off to different, like, so if you want to use my name for your foundation, I tell you, you can have 40, 50 people. So basically, is I cook what you like. I cook what the person wants. Meat, size. I I, can, I got like 10 desserts. Maybe the only thing I control is the dessert. So when anything else, we good to go. You what can cook want... dessert too, Oak? Oh, yeah. Ask Clyde. We wow. did something in Atlanta like two weeks ago. Clyde came. Uh, Dominique came. Captain Willie. It was about 15 of us. So this other guy made the meats. He made oxtails and some uh, wings. So I made all the sides. I made apple pie, collard greens, from oh, oh, cheese. Oh you, oh, you didn't go buy uh, what's her name, Mrs. Uh, what's her name? Or you make it your Mrs. own, Mrs. T? Oh no, <laughs> no Mrs. Smith. You At, go, Mrs. Hey, Smith. Ask around, ask around about me. I'm I'm in, I'm that one in that kitchen. I heard I that know. you. I, I, mean, I heard how'd you. That, how'd that happen? Oh, does yeah, that go, go back to your when you were a kid? It, hey, anybody play with me or any other people? Like Thanksgiving, Christmas meal, the guys in like New York, Chicago, they, I just invite the guys over, cook all of that. I do all of that. Buy how do you, people, I, jerk chickens, whatever. How do you not fuck up mac and cheese? Some people do mess it up. I know they do. Too runny. Yeah. I got some of the, hey, I, hey, Coop, I'm telling you, 
get a group together. I'll come to your house. 30, 40 people, I'm going to let you see it for yourself. And we can tape this. I'll film it. There you go. Right. We'll film it. That's a, hey, okay, that's a, listen. Hey, cool. That's what we're going to do, good okay? Cook. Okay. We go, we, I'm going to come to your house. Y'all tell me what y'all want. I, I even go to the grocery store and get the food myself. I don't like people buying the stuff. I like to get it. Tell me what you want, I'll get it. Okay. Oh, my favorite dish. Coop's a good cook. Is uh, collard greens. Give, uh, give me from start to finish on your on your collard greens. How do I make them? Yeah. Okay. So I was on the Whitney Williams show, and I did some collard greens with um, lasagna. So my collard greens, I go get them. I pick them all myself. All collard greens ain't good, but uh, you got to know how to shop. Um, I ain't go get eight pounds, but uh, I cut them up. Now, first of all, I wash them all. I cut them up. I wash them three times with my, you know, my base. Then I ranch them three times. My base to cook them in turkey, some cooking oil, onion, salt and pepper, and and uh, jalapeno peppers. You I let that cook down about you... thirty minutes. And while I'm washing and cleaning them, I let that cook down about thirty minutes. And then I wash and clean them. I get them. I, I let them, you know, sit so the water can, you know, so, too much water and greens. Make them like in a swimming pool. They saw it swimming. You don't <laughs> so that's you, got, you have to you watch it. how much water you put in the greens, number one. I, you can't, I put a lot of put, water. That's why mine tastes bad. Huh? I put a lot of water. That's why yeah, mine yeah, that's tastes a bad. The greens going to be real like spinach when you get at the yeah. end. Yeah. Come on, too much water. So you want them to tighten up a little bit, not too much. So don't use a lot of water unless you're going somewhere on a four-hour drive or something coming back. That's when you use a lot of water. They'll stay there until you get back. But no, that's why I cook mine about three hours. Sometimes corn kind of pot, what kind of stove you have too. You got to watch it. Do you do do you do private events? Oh, I like do three. a lot of private. I just did one in New York, about 150 people uh, a month ago. Nice, 150. Yeah, 150. so they, they had they had fried chicken, salmon, yeah. meatloaf, string yeah. bean, mac and cheese, and we made I made bread pudding for dessert. Oh, I love bread pudding. Love bread pudding. I'm terrible at dessert. I used to own restaurants, and I I would never dessert is like science to me. You can't fuck with the re, with the ingredients. You got to kind of follow it, you know. Whereas cooking, you could be a little adventurous. Hey, Coop, you got to set that up now. Don't forget. Oh, I'm I'm not gonna forget. You listening to Showtime with Coop, and we got Chef Oakley on the house, and he <laughs> is going to. I'm a, I'm gonna test him to this. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, next segment, and we're gonna call it. Oaks quotes. I'm gonna read you a quote, and you tell me what went behind that, or why that quote became a reality. Okay. Okay. A trendsetter. I'm a leader, not a follower. Um, it's just something I always been. Um, you know, everybody said in life, you know, find something and stay with it. And I think I always been a leader since I was young. And like I said, my grandfather was always a leader. I watched how he did. Go to work. He wake up at four thirty in the morning. Go to the field. Then go to work. Walk home. Walk to work. Then a weekend, he take people to church. He take people to town. So all of that stuff showed that that leadership and the being consistent. Don't say I don't to do this because whatever. Don't give up on something. You got to work hard. Uh, it's just something I just I just feel like words can change people. 
move words can move people and sometimes people like rapping and singing you like a verse like oh i love that let me go listen to it again so i, I try to set stuff to get people attention too that's what i love okay <laughs> i didn't know you said that but they told me many many times throughout my career to bite my tongue and i told them my tongue's been bleeding since i was born <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's a good one there. But now I hear that so much. And, you know, after like college, you hear that so much. And, you know, you got to do this. Do that. My thing is always be on time. They'll be late. Know what you're doing. Know what you're talking about. So I don't, I said a lot of stuff over my career, after my career. And I, everything I hadn't said, I never had to make to apologize or go to a, do a press conference because I know what I'm saying. So I just try to be consistent. Do me a favor and don't make me out to be no hero. Say it again. Do me a favor and don't make me out to be no hero. Um, just you know, um, some people look for attention. I don't look for attention. I I try to be a leader. Uh, show people that hey, you can you can come from Alabama, you can come from New York, Vegas, L.A. Nowhere in life, as long as you understand where you're going. That's the main topic. Know what you know where you're going. Know what you can do. And I think that that's what I've been. I've been on that path all my life. They say you're from Cleveland. They say you're from Alabama. But you know, I played in New York. I played in Chicago. I played in Canada. I've been to these places. When I got there, they like like when I got traded to Toronto. You know, the money didn't match my stats. But I said, you know what? You can't. My, ain't enough money to buy me. I'm bringing leadership and toughness and something y'all never had. And that's what I brought to Toronto. So. I might accept a 20-point score or whatever, but my thing is, sometimes I'll set that. A 20-point score might be soft because he get 25 and teams still lose. Well, I got Toronto, and I told them we're going to get better every year, and that's what happened. We didn't go into the finals, but first round of playoffs, second round, I'm saying we built. It was something that they, they ain't never have. So I bring something there, a different demeanor. I always try to treat people with respect, and I just don't know. I got three assault cases for no reason. Well, that's what I try to do. Respect people. When you do wrong with me, I'm going to let you have it. I'm going to let you know what's going on. Um, I just always been like that, Coop. I'm just, a, I'm just, a, I'm a laid back guy, but if you push the wrong button, somebody jump out. It's like a candy machine. When you push the wrong candy, you got to eat it too. So <laughs> watch out for Oak. <laughs> oh, you funny, man. Uh, two more, Oak, okay? Uh, some things don't just walk away. A dog got a broken leg. He ain't just going to walk away. He going to, he's going to try to get himself together. Well, like you say, you know, dog got four legs, one broke, so he he can um he can he can almost make it some he can't make it all the way with three legs, but he can he can go about twenty yards, but then he gonna start barking. So somebody gonna come outside and see the dog needs some help. So, but now sometimes hey, a dog can be your best friend. I know a lot of people got dogs, so I don't. <laughs> you don't like dogs, Oak. At the point, I don't like them, but I don't have time with them. I be on the go all the time. So if I can't be with you, I don't really want somebody else, you know, doing my dirty work. I like to do my own dirty work, you know. And dog, it's a lot of attention. And like a little kid, you, you know, you got to be around them because they need attention. Dogs need attention too. Okay, if you were an, a dog, if you could, if you had to be a dog, what breed would you be? Uh. I don't know. I don't want to be a dog, so I'm not going to get to. Uh, I don't ball? know. I mean, everybody got dog. I don't know. I don't try to get into dogs, so I'm not going to 
to sit here and tell you that I, I like dogs. I, you know, so I'm just glad. <laughs> I'm old. Would, you, would you be a pit bull or a poodle? No, I don't. You know, pit bulls they get kind of you know they start biting people. You know, sometimes you can't you can't contain them. So I don't want to well, be a pit bull. That's what you were on the court. Oh, they couldn't contain well, you. I mean, I ain't bite nobody. <laughs> That is true. I might have punched somebody, I smashed somebody, <laughs> <laughs> but that was in the game back then. Though you had to, you had, you had to throw them up back then. Hey, you listen to Showtime with Coop. We got Charles Oakley in the house. Uh, a couple more minutes, Nick. Anything you got for the oak tree? Yeah, man, I, I gotta ask Oakley. Both of you guys, now that you know, two legends on here. Compare David Stern's NBA to Adam Silver's NBA. Start wow. with Oakley. So David Stern was one of them guys. I mean, the highway. He was like Patrick. No, he was like Pat Riley in a way. For us, he's gonna make things happen. He's gonna be his way. He's gonna be in charge. He's gonna be. In, so one of his things was before he, you know, got the league that passed away. Rest in peace. Uh, he was gonna take the league global, and that's what he, you know, it's a few years before he left the NBA. That's what he it started going that way. And, you know, like when guys get fined, you spend you and something happened. He didn't ask the question. He just did it. He showed that, like, hey, I'm not listening to you. These are the rules. You got to follow the rules. And some similar same way with Pat Riley. But uh, it was good. I mean, I mean, I know he he did some harsh fouls, uh, find the guys sometimes. And if you look at the new commission, he more laid back. He more the player guy. And, and I think that uh, as far as money-wise, the global market is just it's it just took off, and for like what he do is stuff happen. I think he's too leaning with them guys. He changed the weed policy. It's okay to smoke weed. The John Morant thing. I think if you would have gave him thirty games the first time, he wouldn't have did it the second time. So I think the commissioners and the owners of the league need to get a little more tougher with these younger players because stuff gonna keep happening. And then now you got too much outlets. And stuff can you know can make you look bad as a brand, and you know go back to what happened in New York. He didn't step up and do nothing to the owner. He didn't suspend him. He didn't find him, and it was in front of a national t- televised game, and 20,000 20, people in, in the. It could have been a riot. And, and to this day, we, I'm still in court with this guy. Uh, I don't want to talk too much because you know mm. they. You know, Donald Trump got seven, 37 counts, and they told him don't talk. He should start. He got 59. He's still talking. I only got one. So, uh, you know, it's good for the young generation to come in. But I think the younger people don't respect the guys from the 70s, 80s, and uh, 90s. Why is that? And, and what that, uh, Because soon you said something about it, y'all hate. It's our turn. You really can't play. They just, yeah. you just getting the money because it's there. You know, I think 80% of the league is overpaid right now. I mean, these guys overpaid, I mean, you know, almost one and a half. You know, it's, it's just crazy. The money is there. They got to give them oh, the money. Oh, Jalen Brown. I'm not just Jalen Brown. So when we played, they hid the money. Now they got to bring the money out. So Jalen Brown, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, for a guy to get $300 million, he should be a top 10 player. I don't think he's a top 30 player in the league. I mean, you're going to put him there because he's making the money. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you like Boston, uh, Jalen Taylor, Jalen Brown, he's going to get more next year. Yep. Uh, Taylor probably get 350. I mean, yep. I think he's a little better shooter. Yeah. I think Brown tougher. But 
they can't win with two guys, two wing guys. You know, mm-hmm. it, it ain't like Steph and Clay. Mm-hmm. It ain't like Steph and Clay. You know, you got two guys who shoot. Y'all got two guys who barely can. You know, when it's time to make a big bass, a big bucket, y'all shoot threes. You know, step back threes. Go to the rim. So it's a league. It's a playoffs league. Uh, we're gonna see what happens the next two years, three years with the. And, uh, I think you LeBron get out the league, yep, and yep. KD and KD get out the league, and Curry. I don't know how the league gonna survive with Brand for his names. Um, John Moran, well, That's why they gave him a chance because they want him. They need him down the road because Zion yep, and won every game. So they trying to build that next star. And I, and I, you know. The Europeans are taking over the NBA right now. You, you look at it. Europeans, yep. And it seems to me like the NBA has devalued markets to continue to drive star talent. But now they're going to have massive retirements all at once. And their their markets are kind of devalued to, to a degree from all the player bouncing around. And I don't understand. I don't see any other sport where they they. Don't honor their legends, the history of the game. You uh, guys, back in the day, man, when I was a kid, I used to watch the All-Star game. It was full of you guys giving credit to all the Earl Monroe and Frazier and all the guys we Wilt and Russell. You don't hear that anymore at all. It's almost like it's uncool. Well, I think it's a lot of that, but they it's in-house too. They're doing it too because they don't get – Guys, unless you got a big championship, I hate this. Like every sports team, like if you got a championship ring, they deal with you in the in the organizations for like the NBA office. Now, like in, NBA, if you ain't got a ring or da da da, they don't. I think it should be a pool. Like who name next? But they don't. They don't. They don't share the wealth with guys who don't have rings or guys who played back in the day. They got about four guys and they work with them at all times. But they don't bring new guys in. So I want to know who they're gonna bring in now since Bill Russell's not here. So, but I mean, it is. I try not to get caught up in it. But when you're a player, I played 19 years, and they came to Cleveland All Star three years ago. They didn't give me one ticket. I had six events. They didn't give me. They didn't give me no uh, no help, no T-shirt, no keychain. They had 25 events. They didn't invite me to nothing. Wow. So all they care about is celebrities sitting courtside uh, for a photo for them. They yeah. don't care about us. And and that's so disrespectful. And I told, you know, commission, whoever, in advance, I called them about what was going to go on Cleveland that weekend, and they still didn't show me no kind of love. But I did it anyway. I took them out of my pocket because, you know, All-Star probably, next time in Cleveland, I probably won't be here to see it. I wanted mm-hmm. to be something nice for the people in Cleveland. But they really, they stuck it to me because what happened in New York was something. It was a total turnoff. And I see, when I see the commission, I'm going to give them a mouthful. Oh, do you like the way the league is heading? The way where it's heading? I mean, I don't know where it's headed. It's just everybody getting a lot of money. You know, like the kid uh for uh, OKC wasn't all star, he got fifty some million a year. I mean, it's I'm glad they get the money, but the money don't match your your, your game, your style. For it's like most guys getting fifty some million dollars, the 10, 20, top twenty players in the league, not top sixty. But like I said, I'm glad they get the money. What league's head, I don't know. It's just more money coming. They're trying to go out to, to the Saudi, Saudi, you know, that's going to be more money. So the money going to be crazy in a minute. CLNS History is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network.